as you guys know, I'm having on uh, the podcasters uh, that I've that I've enjoyed. Uh, and I was actually listening to this gentleman's uh, program uh, while I was getting ready to have him on. And um, I also know not only is a wonderful podcaster, host of, I think, every other podcast that's not mine. Uh, <laughs> but in this particular instance, we're going to start out with a podcast that I became aware of him with, which is the uh, Ratchet Book Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Jones. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I do greatly appreciate it. Before I even get into this, to this particular show, I was looking up and I'm going to let me see. Let me listen to some of the shows, you know, closer to, you know, now and all that kind of stuff. And also want to see and then I went to Pod Chaser and it was like host of uh, every podcast that's not yours. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should have really changed my bio. <laughs> People thinking, don't like when I put it like that. It, it was it was hilarious because I was I was because people always give me a hard time because I have two podcasts. They're like, "Damn man, two of them!" I'm like, oh, okay, you have uh like I said, every other podcast that's they were like, you know, the podcasting has exploded mainly because of Derek Jones and all of his podcasts. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 real interesting when I first started podcasting. Uh, I've been podcast for like 13 years. Mm -hmm. And when I first started podcasting back in the wild, wild West, uh, the, the main, you got to keep in mind that podcasting back then was also within the time frame of a lack of a PC culture, mm -hmm. um, a lack of empathy, a lack of support, um, a lack of mental health awareness, a lack of a lot of things that we have now. Like if you really look back to where we were back then, we've really made great strides in the past 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the uh, main refrains that was happening uh, in the world of podcasting was stay in your lane. Um, so if I did a show, which everybody at that point in time, every black podcaster I knew at that time was doing a pop culture show, <laughs> um, if it seemed like we all were doing it seriously, if, if I did a pop culture show um, and I talked about the same topic as another podcaster did on that same episode, like we if we released our same episodes on the same day, yeah. I wasn't staying in my lane. If there was a podcaster who did music reviews on their show and I did a music review on my own show, I wasn't staying in my lane. And back then I was so petrified of, not being accepted and not being liked, really not being loved. It's always been a chase of love uh, for me in a lot of senses. And I've come to realize that as I got older, yeah. um, I would be worried. I would be really wary about staying in my lane as to not offend anybody. But then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I am literally at podcast retirement age. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so <laughs> my retirement is going to be, I'm going to stop doing the pop culture show as much. And instead, I'm going to do what I want to do instead. So I now have eight podcasts, um, five of which are active, mm -hmm. uh, three are whenever the sun shines, but we still have them going on. And I really do. I just feel a lot more peace in my heart, knowing that if there's something that interests me, I can do it. Um, a few weeks ago, or a few days ago, actually, for my wife's birthday, I did a show called a musical love affair mm -hmm. 
um, which Spotify has this thing now where you can do a talk and music podcast where you can play music from Spotify on your podcast, but it's going to be a Spotify exclusive show. And I made a podcast um, that chronicled uh, my wife and I's relationship from first meeting through marriage or through our through marriage and where we are now um, and then played music that reflected each part of that step of our relationship and gave it to us a birthday gift. I wouldn't have been able to do that before. Um, not just because of the whole music thing, but because I would have been worried, well, what if someone else is doing this sort of stuff? And what I had to learn was there, there's a million people doing a million things, but Kanye West, for all the stuff Kanye West gets, he said one thing that absolutely stuck in my head, and it was before the whole Trump thing and all that, so don't don't trip. <laughs> but he said, there's a thousand yous. There's only one of me. Y'all can have every opinion you want, but you don't have my opinion. And my opinion should be important to myself if nobody else. And if it's important to me, then I should want to put it out on my show. And that's where the whole stay in your lane thing died a quick and ugly death. And ever since then, whatever I want to do, I was going to try it out. If it didn't work, so be it. But at least I tried, you know? Yeah, because you you got five years on me, you know, because I'm coming up on eight and you know, and as soon as I started, I was like, yeah, uh, I'm doing what I want. <laughs> you know, it's right out the box. It's like F everybody because because I was because it's just a weird thing, because very rarely do I get an opportunity to speak with someone who's who has that much time on me. Usually I'm the older person as far as podcasting is concerned. So this is interesting to me. Now, when you got started, because when I got started, there was it was right uh, Podbean was there. Um, mm-hmm. Anchored came along. I, I do the, the the one that we're doing right now. This show is uh, hosted on Anchor, and then of course, obviously Spotify because they own it. But when I started, it was it was just really weird because I would listen to these different shows, and I it was kind of like hip hop in the '90s where people uh, kind of didn't want to sound like each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like every time you looked at something, it was something different, and then all of a sudden, as it became more popular and everybody dived in, it was almost like they put everybody's name in the bucket and say, "Who am I going to copy?" And that guy or that lady. And I keep exactly. hearing different cl- different clones um, of the of the thing. Now, when you got when you got started, because like I said, it was it was a it was a different era. You know what made you actually? Pick, I mean, because to get started now is weird, and it's easy. You know, they they have a task cam uh putting out you know everybody's putting out recorders specifically for us when you started there was none of that no you know so no. I mean, what did you I mean what did you record with what made you decide to do this because it's, it's a weird choice back then so the reason why i started recording the reason why i started podcasting um was quite simply i was in a forum um back when there used to be message board forums mm-hmm. And a a group of young white kids popped up and were like, we're doing a show uh, and we need a guest. And I was like, I'll be a guest. I didn't think anything of it. You know, I like to talk. I've always liked to talk. I did radio when I was in college. You know, I had a jazz program and everything. That was back when I was experimenting with using the full, you you know, the full breadth of my deep voice. And so I was on (laughs) jazz radio because that's, that's, hold on, because that's where the, Deep voice comes in great. This is Derek Jones. You're listening to 92.3 here in Marietta, Ohio. And uh, coming up next, here's uh, Count Blakely or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I did that. 
And then I got out of college and, and these guys jumped up and were like, I, we need a guest. And I didn't even think about it. I was like, I'll do it. And, you know, I had, um, I had some earphones that I plugged in and I used the microphone straight out of the computer and I talked and I talked so much on their episode that they named that episode Rashani says, <laughs> um, and, and they kept asking me back because I was black and I was funny, I guess. I guess I fit two uh, needs on their show, being funny and being black. Being black was probably a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I kept going and I joined their show and I started to realize because I went on their show and then I went on another show called The Gamer's Garage. And I started to realize while I was doing these shows that when I was talking, people would start to just... and that's when i knew it was time for me to shut up and let somebody else talk (laughs) and so i got tired of it i got tired of being told to shut up you know in, in in any way that you do it i was being told to shut up and i didn't like it um so i started my own show you know i started a show called the daily grind uh where i talked about it was a daily show obviously where i talked about video game news every single day and at first it was just standard reading the news and riffing off it a little bit and then i created an episode where i um bobby kotick who is the still the president of activision uh slash blizzard and he's a really really bad guy like he he's not a nice dude Mm. um and he had just done some stuff back then that was absolutely horrible i can't remember what it was it was back like 13 years ago 12 years ago so I made an episode where I acted like I was Darth Vader and I was enamored with Bobby Kotick because Bobby had done all this horrible stuff. And I was like, Bobby is perfect to join the dark side. And that was the first time I started doing skits and all this kind of stuff on my show. And from there, it just took off. I started doing skits and parody songs and all these other things. And it was all fine until I tried to fit in with this group of people that I should have never tried to fit in with. Mm. Have and you, they took me down a notch. Have you not? Have you noticed that? Uh, and I've, I've picked up on this pretty quick um, as a stand-up that there's sometimes you can be a part of the band, and sometimes <laughs> some people are meant to be behind the microphone by themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and and I can fit in with anybody. I'm sure you can fit in with anybody. You know, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. I always said, I always said this to people. I said, no matter whether you, even with your wife. You love your wife. You've been married for how long? Ooh. You're going to die. <laughs> oh, 15 years. 15 <laughs> took, years this December. You're going to die. You should have had that number so damn right? fast. Right, I should have. But but when we get to this part of the show, when we're sitting in the car together, I'm just going to talk real loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for $5, I can cut that silence down, bro. <laughs> nah, I ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> I'll chop that down. And I'll chop that down and raise the game when you say the number. <laughs> Did it sound like I said 15 years? <laughs> is it, is it, is it, how long is it? 15 years, but incredible. And uh, I can even, I'll imitate your voice and make it sound even better. So, <laughs> But you love your wife. And, and I, I have never been married, but I've lived with women. And I know what it's like to have the woman there. You love her. Everything is the greatest, the best. But let's be honest. Tell, tell, and, and this is probably something you're going to have to you know, distract her by pointing out the window and saying something's on fire when you answer this. Have you ever, and I'm not even going to say have you ever, I know you've done it. You've stopped before you went in the house and you've eaten a cupcake, a piece of pie, 
uh, a slice of cake, uh, something, because you did not want her to grab it and bite it. So here's the thing. Early on, again, in my podcast life, mm-hmm. I made up a word that I thought I, I, I built on a word that was already there. The word was glom. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife would glom on all of my food. So if I had French fries, she would eat my fries. And I'm a weird type cat. Like if I have a hamburger and French fries, I have to eat the French fries first because they don't taste good when they're cold. Mm-hmm. A burger will taste serviceable, whether it's hot or cold. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, French fries, when they're cold, up until the age of air fryers, you know, they're pretty much gone. So I had to eat the fries first. And so my wife would order something like fish or ribs mm-hmm. or something fried chicken or whatever and would get like some sort of side item because she knew that she could reach over and start grabbing out of my plate eating my fries mm-hmm. so i started saying that she was glomming on my fries then i started saying that she was the the leader of the glomunist party mm-hmm. um <laughs> and then a whole thing built out of that and so it gets to the point now that if i buy myself something i just inherently buy her something too it's not even worth it anymore because she will ask for a sip of my water. She will ask for a sip of my drink and then look over the top of the drink like Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. when he was drinking the whole big kahuna soda yeah. and just staring at, at at whatever the kid's name was while he was doing it. Look at the big brain on Kurt or Kyle or whatever his name was. Yeah. So now I'll just buy her stuff. You, you, you learn as time goes on. And I tell folks that I've leveled up. Mm-hmm. I'm on level 15 now. When I first started out, I was running around with no clothes on, getting shot immediately. Like, what just happened? I don't even know where I got sniped from. Mm-hmm. Now I got all the perks. You know, I got the unlimited flowers perk. I got the. <laughs> all right. You know I what? got the. I got the. I know how to cook everything you like really well perk. And I got the. I clean up the house without you asking perk. And so, you know, I've I prestiged a few times. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. You know, start teaching my kids how to do these things. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's great because now I don't have to add it out because you've done just enough sucking up to clean up. Uh, I probably have to move that closer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 15 years. I, I, I do these things. <laughs> and the reason I asked you about that is because right before we were talking about that, um, when we when I was saying that um, some some people are should be behind the mic by themselves. I just I just thought that artistically speaking, no matter what you do, even if you're part of a band, you should always have that thing. That's you. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know it's, it's a, you know maybe you play you know you play a guitar in a basement with an amp and, and headphones. There's something that should be you, and I think that's probably what you found out when you were talking to those other people. And they it's like if a person has a nice groove going and telling a good story, that's a good thing. There's no need mm-hmm. to. <clears throat> there's no need. <laughs> There's no need for Here's all how y'all that. say had, by the way. What you do is you take that deep breath because I've learned that white people, this, like I said, I heard this from white people before I heard it from anybody else. Mm. You t- And that's how it really sounds. You take the deep breath and then you kind of just leave your mouth open and breathe out sharply. So, had. <laughs> <laughs> when, when that sound comes, because it's, it's really easy to read the body language and they're right in front of you. You're going, Okay, I'm seeing the eyes glaze over a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me slide back into this because I've been talking about something a little bit too long here, and they 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 were interested for it one minute and fifteen seconds, but one minute and forty seconds is a little bit too long apparently for this person on this particular answer. And I will move on to the next thing, and, <laughs> and I figured that out really quickly, and I've also uh, figured it out here. But now, 
in college, you said you, you were doing what made you do radio? Because because that, that's you get to go back a little further. Because I, I usually like to work my work back to find out what the origin story for people is when I meet them for the first time, mm-hmm. and to get into radio, I mm-hmm. mean that's even further back, obviously, than the podcast. And now we're talking twenty years. Yeah. So yeah. what the heck? I mean, what led to that? Because people don't go. You know why I was going to do uh, chemistry, but screw that crap. Radio now. No, <laughs> you know. No, I've I've always like I said, I've always been a speaker, a comedian. It's always mm-hmm. been something I love to do. And when I was a little, little, little kid, like maybe six, mm-hmm. my brother, the punk ass, that's his <laughs> full name, by the way. Um, my brother, the punk ass, uh, got his first boombox. And his boombox had a tape player on it. It wasn't a big boombox. It was just a, it was a one tape. No, it had two tapes. Mm. Yeah, so it was a two tape boombox, but standard smaller size. It wasn't a ghetto blast or anything like that. Mm. And so what we would do is we would get tapes. We didn't care what tapes it was in the house. And we would put tape over the two little holes at the top and we would tape over it and make our own radio broadcast. My brother started doing it and I started copying him. So we would get on there and we'd sing and we'd do uh, songs like Howdy Doody, Went to Town and stuff like that. Just all this kind of stuff just to hear our voices play back to us. And we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And then my brother stopped because he's an athlete. He loves basketball and I love ball, too. But he was built for it, like always. And mm-hmm. I was built to talk. Mm-hmm. I could talk a hole through somebody's head if they gave me enough time and nails that I could spit out of my mouth while I was talking. Um, and so... I kept going. Um, I started doing talent shows where I started doing stand up, you know, just around the neighborhood and stuff like that. And I started telling jokes wherever I could. And my mom started saying, you know, this is the kid who, if you need him to talk, he'll talk. She started getting me in church to do the, um, you know, black churches mm. around January. Somebody's always doing the, I had a dream speech. It was me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was somebody. I was doing the I had a dream speech in front of the church and I was singing the solos in front of the church. Whatever it took to be in front of people, I was there for it. And so it just progressed um, from there to me. I also love to write. So um, I sound like shocked you when I said that. Rest in peace <laughs> on me. Um, but so I started writing as well. And so I wrote for the school newspaper throughout high school and junior high school. So when I got into college, I was like, I'm going to be a, a newspaper writer. I'm going to be a journalist. Um, and so my uh, major was mass media and mm-hmm. communication at that point in time. It was communications. They had a radio station. I was like, dope. Okay. So as one of my classes, I ran a radio show at night. And so for the first hour, I got to play jazz. And the second hour, I got to play whatever I wanted as long as it was censored. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in there dragging a box full of CDs to and from the radio station every night, staying up till about two o'clock in the morning, playing music in this nearly all white town from the West Coast. And I'm not talking about like Snoop and Dre. I'm talking about obscure music that they had never heard of at that time. <laughs> what town was this? Uh, the town was called Marietta. It was right on the border of uh, Ohio and West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, never go there again. There's a reason why I say I hate Ohio with a passion. And it's because I've seen enough stuff in southern Ohio and northern West Virginia that I'm like, I will burn the whole place down. 
right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. I've seen I saw a bumper sticker to say that said save the world's most endangered species, the white man. That was in 1998. I yeah. wanted to fight everybody. Yeah. Believe me, I uh I know. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had been pulled over for uh, not doing anything and had like eight guns in my face. I'm going, really? Seriously? Really? <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're doing this here. This, 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 what we're doing. Y'all got the guns in my face and <sighs> I wasn't even speeding officer. Like, seriously, I was going 64 to 65. That's too close. You were thinking about speeding. Okay. <laughs> I, I've had that too many times. But but that, but that's an interesting thing to to do the radio and um I don't know I mean because did you I mean podcasting wasn't even a thing yet but mm-hmm. when it came about a few years later obviously a few years later was it was this little obscure <laughs> it was five years later after you started and when I started it really wasn't that big then you know mm-hmm. so that that's an interesting transition but did you ever were you because you were talking about the, the, the deep voice in the quiet storm, guys. You know, uh, yes. you know, do, do, do. That's right. Your lady's right there. <laughs> you know? That's it. Actually, we used to, I used to um, get on the phone with folks because I thought it was my sexy voice. And I'd be like, hey, uh, <clears throat> got to get some water. You know, you got to <laughs> you got to make sure you lubricate. But hey, um. This is the freaky deaky. What are you doing tonight? And I really thought the freaky deaky was just like the best sexy name in the world <laughs> when I was like 15, 16 years old. This is the freaky deaky. What are you doing tonight? And armed with nothing more than a deep voice and no knowledge whatsoever of the uh the fairer, the fairer gender, the fairer sex, mm. I struck out everywhere I went. Like and never related it back to maybe I shouldn't be calling myself the freaky deaky to somebody over a telephone call. Yeah, because it was never somebody that I already knew. It was never like my girlfriend or somebody like that. It was my brother, the punk ass (laughs) telling his telling his girlfriend, hey, put your little sister on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would find out that my brother's girlfriend had a sister who was my age. Hey, let me talk to her. 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 It's the freaky deaky. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <Yeah>. Hello? <laughs> we lost connection, bro. You got to call her back. But when you call her back, let me talk to her. Let me talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> that is, no one, no one I'm curious. This is something I'm curious about. This is, this is like a, an aside because you, your wife mm-hmm. now, and you have kids. Mm-hmm but you have 47 podcasts. So mm-hmm. uh, has, uh, if, if I was to, when we eventually meet and I shake your hand, are you going to be able to point out uh, knife marks on your chest because you, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> My <laughs> wife is literally, literally. Golly. She is literally the best person I know. Mm-hmm. Like she, um, has been there since the very beginning of podcasting with me. Mm -hmm. So she was there when it was just a a hobby. Mm -hmm. And then um, when it became, you know, a big part of my life, she was right there supporting it because she knew that it was something that I like to do. Now, while doing that, we had to set boundaries. 
you know, for podcasting, like certain things weren't to be discussed while podcasting. Uh, <laughs> certain times couldn't be utilized for podcasting. Like we had to make sure that we had time where there was family time, me and her time, time where I could decompress, stuff like that. And since I've done it for like 13 years, that gave us a lot of time to really fill things out. Mm -hmm. So then as the kids grew up, they grew up in a world of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And so they were just like, okay, the door's closed. That means dad's recording right now. Let's, let's go downstairs or something like that. And so now it is a thing where it's like second nature, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's nothing to her. She's just like, okay, baby, you're, you're podcasting. I'm gonna go downstairs and I'm gonna watch this show. And then after you get done doing that show, we're going to come back up here and we're going to watch clickbait together. Mm -hmm. You know, her nestled up in my arms. We're going to sit here and watch clickbait. And sometimes I'll do a show like Ratchet Book Club. If you get a chance to listen to some of the episodes, you will literally hear her musical laughter in the background. You'll hear her thoughts and her opinion in the background. Like she she's a reader. She loves everything. And so she will. And she's a Virgo. So she will <laughs> not hesitate to give her opinion if she thinks something is stupid or she thinks something doesn't work. And we have conversations that would make the finest episodes like just open and honest conversations between a black man and a black woman that will literally open people's eyes about how relationships work and about communication and openness and honesty and just the way to traverse a relationship so when is the ninth podcast me and mrs jones coming out we talked about it but she's in nursing school so because Ooh. she's in nursing school, she's now at the point where she's doing uh, like nine hours of school. Yeah. Geez. And then when she's not at school, she's doing the externship. Mm -hmm. So she's out there on her grind like she's on her grizzly. And so while she's at school, you know, I'm doing all my things working in all the separate places that I work at. And so when we come back together, by the time she gets home. I'm usually done with everything that I was doing and it's just me and her. It's time for me and her, you know, mm -hmm. time for her to relax and put her feet up or whatever she needs to do. And I just sit there and just bask in her area, just being near her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is man. Yeah. I got, I got healthcare workers in my family. Good Lord, man. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's like, yeesh. I, I, you know, it's like, ugh. But but that but that, but that's actually that's a very good thing to to hear, man. It's just it's just great when people fit together the right way, and they get each other. I mean that's a that's a that's a cool thing to hear. It's a beautiful, beautiful set of circumstances that brought she and I together, and um, not to plug it or anything, but I talk about it on you know a musical love affair that's the very first volume the rest of the volumes no they're not going to be about her but that first one yeah completely totally about her mm -hmm. uh you know the whole plug-in thing that's kind of uh it's kind of the idea i kind of wanted you to do that i know i know you know it's just, they can't hear us when we sing this uh yeah, no, the audience can't hear us deep voice this they, they this, this, they're they probably going what's all that what's all that silence yeah i'm <laughs> saying this is too low of a pitch for him it's the free kitty <laughs> laughing at it didn't hear anything i must be down you people with the high voices this is not for you <laughs> oh god now i gotta i gotta get into this ratchet book club man i mean 
because I'm listening to this. And because the thing is, I had a when I had some of my uh, teenage relatives, they were staying with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And as they became older teens, I was looking around and I would see these books, and I'm going, "What in the blue hell are you reading?" But but at this point, they're 18, so I can't say. See, they had they were 13 or 14, and I go, "Ah, ah, ah, ah. no, <laughs> right." And then, then all of a sudden, it's like, happy birthday. And as they each turned 18, I was like, oh, all right. And, uh, you know, and uh, you and you look at the cover of the book and you're going, you had a naked lady. He's got a gun in his hand. His pants are off. I'm like, okay, what the hell is this stuff? You know? And so, but the thing is, I, I would thumb through them and I would be laughing because I'm, and then I told him this good stuff right here. He can't handle this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm laughing hysterically. I'm going, I can't, I can't even be offended by this. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I can't even, you know, it's like, you know, not, not believe me. I, I shouldn't even have said that because I've been a comic since 86. It was like offending me. You literally would have to set something on fire in front of me while, while yelling the N word. Uh, <laughs> to actually offend look, me. nigger, nigger, look, <laughs> look, nigger. Am I supposed to be looking at that? Or are you calling me a nigger? Like I'm confused. <laughs> on which one we're going to here. Like, are you drawing my attention to the fire? Mm, and or are you drawing other people's attention to me? And you have to start there. I wouldn't even say, you know, that's where you have to start. Because it's like, I've heard and seen everything, you know what I mean? But <sighs> but the thing is, when I was I was listening to you read the books, and I, I know that it's a... <laughs> to delve into the world of the books that... <laughs> that that you have on the show. It, 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 what, what amuses me is when something would outrage you, uh, <laughs> you know, or or bother you when you're reading it because I'm going, okay, this one he read, he's reading it with us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the that's the number one rule at a Ratchet Book Club. That's mm-hmm. the number one rule. Like I will read what I call good classics, and good classics are books that I've read before that I know what's going to happen and I know I love them. So I figured that my listeners might love them. Hood classics. Mm-hmm. I choose based on how funny the name of the book is mm-hmm. or what the cover looks like, which is why the first book that I read was called old thought next door. Yeah. I heard that one. Uh, <laughs> 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 For those of you listening, um, I'm obviously I'm going, obviously because I have him as a guest on the show, obviously I recommend, his podcasts, but I would like you to not start with the most recent one. I want you, before you try to catch up, I need you to go and start with episode one, the one he just described. Um, I need, it's very important. I need you to go start with that one first. Uh, <laughs> I was 18 seconds in and went, go, whoa, this lady's interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Dixon reefer. Mm-hmm. That 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 was her whole thing, Dix, Hennessy, and Reefer, and that was my first foray into this world, right here. And I was not ready. I I think I laughed out loud after the first sentence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was kind of hard not to, because I'm going, you know, she already beat the Sopranos in the first six pages. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you'd have Richard Pryor going, you know, you want to take a little ad language out of there, uh, honey, just to back that down a little bit. You know, I'm so. insulted. Look, Maude, <laughs> I'm insulted. Because I, I was, but, but that's the funny thing. Is, and now as you work your way through, because I said you're on season 15, 
Mm-hmm. Well, how many would you do? Uh, well, how long are so you? So it's not seasons per se. It's series. S- series Each fifteen. Oh. New series. Series yeah. fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Very British. Yeah, yeah. Because if I did, I couldn't just do you know episode whatever on top of episode whatever because it would get confusing when I went back and try and find it later on. Mm-hmm. So every single. Uh, book is a new series even if it's part of a larger series like the cartel series Mm -hmm. so right now i started ratchet book club the day before valentine's day this year to this point today i've done 141 episodes Mm -hmm. and the episodes range between you know, they, they usually, I try and top them out at 45. They go between 45 to a little bit over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, there's so much bad stuff. So I was talking with a friend about the difference between urban fiction and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the, the difference between urban fiction and everybody else is the only way to really put it is a laissez-faire or laissez-faire mm-hmm. uh, viewpoint on editing, mm-hmm. um, grammar mistakes and run-on sentences and 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 um, spelling issues and just out-and-out redundancies get taken out of these books for everybody else. You'll never see them. You read a Dean Koontz book. You read a James Patterson book. You read a, a Louis Sacker book. You'll never see these things. But if you're reading Quan Mills Mm. or you're reading something from somebody in that ilk, you're going to see all these grammar issues. And for somebody like me, who, again, communications was my major. English was my minor. And reading all of these errors over and over again, it really starts to to wear on you after a while. So... (laughs) That's my primary issue is that we are willing to accept less than what everybody else is getting as a standard mm-hmm. with these books. And I mean, they're good books for what they are, but we can ask for just a baseline. Get the spelling right. Get this thing right. Your lead character's name is this. Don't call him this halfway through the book because you mistakenly mix him up with his brother. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's bad. Don't there's, there's a, there's a scene in one of the books where while a brother is going to his house to go snort cocaine or whatever, his twin brother and the previous brother's girlfriend are driving to the, the girlfriend's house in a completely different part of town. And so these two things are happening at a parallel time. The brother goes to his house, snorts cocaine, gets sad that he beat up his girlfriend, starts listening to, starts listening to Tupac, sniffs more cocaine, points a gun at his head, listens to more Tupac, sings me and my girlfriend, says, decides he misses her, hops in the car, drives across town. The brother and the girlfriend drive to her house, talk about how she's pregnant with his baby, make out, start having sex. These two things are happening at a parallel. Mm-hmm. In the story, they're happening at the same time, but because they're writing them in like this paragraph is about the brother and the girlfriend, this paragraph is about the brother snorting cocaine because they're writing it like that. They must have forgot how parallel timelines work 
And so the brother who's snorting the cocaine and listening to Tupac and zooming across town and all that kind of stuff makes it to his girlfriend's house just in time to see his brother having sex with his girlfriend. And that's an impossibility. That's literally a timeline error. That's a continue. That's a, a, a continuity issue mm-hmm. that nobody ever picked up on. And it's just there like it's canon. And that pissed me off so much that I think I spent a good 15 minutes just railing about how this can't happen, how it can't work. You hear my voice right now. It's it's frustrating me now just thinking about it. <laughs> but it's what we accept. Mm-hmm. It's what we're willing to take to hear that good gangster shit. But you know what? I read a book by Donald Goings to the show. Who? Horson. I will not make that mistake again. But I read it. There were no errors. Mm-hmm. There was no grammar issues. There was no anything. It was gritty as hell. And it was tough. And in the 70s or the 60s, I guess there were a lot of grown men who wanted to prey on like 14 year old girls, according to the book that I read. Mm-hmm. But there was no grammar issues. Everything was clean. So somewhere along the line, we just decided, you know what? We don't want to take time out to do this. We want to just sell it out the box as is. And now it is what it is. Have you ever uh, gone on Amazon and, and got the free books? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I got one because I was like, for Christmas, mm-hmm. I was going to read a book for Ratchet Book Club called The Thought That Counts. It's The Thought That Counts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world. <laughs> and I put it on Twitter. I just want to find a book called It's The Thought That Counts and read it. And I found it and it was written by a white man. And I was so mad. And it was a free book. And I was so mad. And it was about a white man and his it was written about a a, a white woman who was sad because she didn't have no butt. And she wanted to have a threesome with her next door neighbor what? and with her husband. <laughs> what the, what? <laughs> I uh, kid you not. Uh, 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 one of the things I used to crack, cause I have hundreds of books on my Kindle. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I go, <laughs> I go, you know, let me, let me, let me see some of these free books. You know, you know, I pull down, sometimes I'll pull down, you know, texts and, and, and things of that nature. Um, textbooks. I should say, sometimes I'll pull some of those down if I find something interesting. But uh, but I was I was reading some of these books and I'm sitting there going, so there's no editor apparently because I'm getting a headache, uh, <laughs> you know, reading some of the things and some of the errors are, you know, sometimes you know when when there's an error in typing and you could tell that that's the letter next to the letter on the keyboard, and then mm-hmm. there's errors that are so bad you're going, now you you, you come on now. <laughs> those letters are all the way across the keyboard there's no way in hell you made that mistake so, unless you got six hands so there's a part in this same series where later on they're like if you think this is going to happen to you or if you think this is going to happen for you rather you have another thing coming everybody knows that saying you got mm-hmm. another thing coming no worries g is right here on your keyboard so it's on the left it's on the left hand side of your keyboard Somehow, instead of typing, you have another thing coming, they typed out, you have another think coming. Mm-hmm. And think, the K is on the left, is on the right-hand side mm-hmm. of the keyboard. You got to use your right hand. I made fun of that shit <laughs> for a good six minutes. Gave myself a Russian accent. If you think we're going to turn you over to the feds, you have another thing coming. <laughs> and just lit into it. 
and it didn't get better after that. I mean, it's just what I've also noticed about these books is the first book is usually enough to draw you in. It's like the free hit of crack. Mm-hmm. It always ends at a cliffhanger. And then you go to get that second hit. And the second story is dirt weed. It is horrible. But you keep reading because it has a cliffhanger at the end. And that's what I'm seeing about these books. They keep doing cliffhangers. They keep you hanging on until they are ready to cut you loose. And they don't care about anything else except for you coming back for your next hit of their next addition to this series. I used to see people carrying those things around. I mean, I'd see people walking down the street with them. And when I, when I would have to ride a bus, you know, I would see people sitting there just churning through these books um, back in the day. I would just see them and I'm going, I'm like, well, I don't even, where do they find the, because they didn't, because um, they didn't necessarily have them in the quote, regular bookstore, unquote. You know, you'd have to go to a, because I love the small bookstores. You know, I love, you know, the bookstores where there's, there's always a couple that run the bookstore, you know, uh, you know, her hair's green. She, she dyes it green. He's wearing the tie dye shirt with the. He's got bald hair up top. He's got the little ponytail in the back. There's always a cat walking through the store, looking at you like, "What are you doing here?" You know, I love those bookstores because I always find the stuff that because the things that I go looking for, a lot of times I can't find them in, you know, in the regular bookstore. You know, you know, Gurdjieff or Spensky stuff like that. I'm, you're not finding that in the regular bookstore at the time so you'd have to go to these all these smaller bookstores and i just get it i mean i've always gotten the kick out of this i've always liked to read the read books and i would tend to go in and buy five or six at a time or whatever mm-hmm. and now it's amazon so i just do you know it's like i could buy a book while i'm talking to you <laughs> and not not break a sweat but there was something about i mean were you a library guy after you graduated from school were you a library guy before I graduated from school. Matter of fact, I loved libraries so much. Have you ever read the book uh, Maniac McGee? No. Okay. So Maniac McGee is one of the books that's on Ratchet Book Club. And Maniac McGee was a children's book that came out made by a guy named Jerry Spinelli back in like the 80s. And I devoured that book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that spoke to me the most about that book was this uh, young black girl who would carry a suitcase full of books with her to and from school. And she called it her library. And I started doing that. Mm -hmm. So I made my own library and I would start, uh, people would be like, hey, can I borrow this book, whatever, whatever. And I would take a piece of paper and I would write their name and information on it. And I would let them borrow the book and they would never give it back. And I lost so many books that way. Mm -hmm. But I lived in a library. I love it. I love it now. I love the smell of books. Like I can literally, the perfect date for me and my wife found this out was to go to a restaurant, get something to eat. And then we would go to Borders, oh, yeah. Noble, or the <laughs> yeah. library, and we pick up three books each and we find two of those nice cushy chairs, mm-hmm. you know, the ones you had to fight to get sometimes, but sometimes they were nice and wide open and you'd be good mm-hmm. and just sit there with the books on the table and the nice music playing and just read. And every so often she'd get up and go to the um, the cafe area and get some Italian sodas for us or whatever. And every so often I get up and get the drinks for us and we just come back and we'd read. And that was my day. That was perfect to me. Weirdo. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> <Big head> <laughs> I, I literally, there was a Barnes and Noble that I used to go to all the time. They, I, as soon as I walked in, I got the norm treatment from cheers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd walk in, hey, <laughs> you know, and uh, and I would I would go in there and I'd, I I would always grab I would always grab a stack of books and go, how much money am I spending on these books? Jesus Christ, you know, just take four. You don't need to take six. All right, just take. Damn it, you know. And I try to I talk myself from six books down to three. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, dude, stop it. And um and I would and I I would always do that. I would go to the I actually read when I lived in L.A. I lived in L.A. during the '90s. I worked my way through that Hollywood lib that Hollywood library to the point where I burned through all those books so fast that uh, it was it got to the point where I just kind of went in there and and sat down and read the newspaper because there was nothing left for me there until they were. Oh, Steve, we got more books. Oh, okay, what you got? It took you long <laughs> enough, shit. What 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 they hitting for? What we got? I plowed through those books. People were going. Are you taking ten books out? Yep. Uh-huh. You really gonna finish them? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I would just burn. And of course, biographies. I started always started off with those. It's like when I go to move when I do movies on Netflix. My first stop is the documentaries. It always has been. And it always will be. You know, I burn right through those. And um, but I, I I I I only slightly teased you because I, I did something very similar. Um, with the bookstores and, and taking girlfriends to those places because they knew who they knew who they were dating, <laughs> you know, and they knew mm-hmm. what they were getting into, you know, and so. But that's just an interesting, interesting thing. But let me ask you this now, because the one that I became aware of obviously was the Ratchet Book, Book Club. Um, if you had to, because I see yeah, storytellers, hindsight movie reviews. Okay, now I'm going to snap my fingers, sir. Mm-hmm. You're in my world. It's my thought experiment. You have no choice, damn it. Yes. My fingers have just been snapped. Yes. It is tomorrow. All of the podcasts that you've done have stopped, but you get an opportunity to do a podcast. You only get one. And you oh. have to do 300 episodes before you. No, I'm not saying it's stupid. You have to do 100 episodes of that podcast before you can start another one or go back to your old ones. Go. It's gonna be Ratchet Book Club because, like I said, I, do I one knew per it. Day. <laughs> well, it's because I do one per day. That shit goes quick. <laughs> I can do a hundred in a hundred days. Um, and 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 after that, I would go back to doing Return to Oswald. Which, mm-hmm. if you've seen Oz, we have the bestest time making fun of that show. <laughs> yes, the yes. bestest time. Like we go episode by episode and review each episode and. At first, we took it seriously, mm-hmm. but this last episode we saw where Dylan from 90210 shows up on that show and plays a pastor and just stands over somebody and is superimposed in the sky like he's Jesus, that's when it became a comedy. It's like stuff. So now we just go on and make fun of it what, over and over again, and it's great. Have you, have you, uh, what's, what's the, uh, uh, for Ratchet, what is the, uh, what is the host of that? Uh, Ratchet Book Club, all my, all of my shows are hosted by uh, Anchor. When you got like oh. eight shows, you don't want to pay for nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, yeah. It's really because I was I was thinking about that because I know that um, some of the other ones like um, Podbean let you go live. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other ones. I, mean, I, I will never go- read live. One thing I learned from reading out loud is that I can't read out loud. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm good at it, and I'll get into a groove. Like you know, you'll have those uh, moments. Like you you ever watch basketball? Mm-hmm. I got to ask this question because you know it's it's a logical question. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, there was a little string of time where people who you had never heard of before were scoring 50 points in the NBA, mm-hmm. like uh, Willie Burton mm-hmm. and Dana Barrows 
And it was like, how'd he do that? You know, he'll never do that again. Every so often I'll read like a good nine pages without making the mistake. And that's my Willie Burton 50 point game. Ah, But more than often, more often than not, I am um, pause, stop, take this little error out, delete record it again and so i use audacity to record and then i post it up on anchor mm-hmm. and you know it's just me it's not like i'm doing with anybody else so it's just me my computer in a corner of my room so it works out well when you when you uh, were doing podcasts nine thousand years ago uh what were you using back then because there was no anchor then there was audacity and rss feeds and here's what straight we would do RSS. ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. straight rss and begging people to come and listen to it and here's what you would do ladies and gentlemen oh and maybe stitcher stitcher was the first one to really come out and start popping mm-hmm. for us um but what we would do is if you were doing a podcast where it was you and three other people y'all would all get on audacity mm-hmm. on your separate computers and i would count backwards 5 4 three two one and on one we'd all hit record at the same time and start talking Mm -hmm. and then we would each uh copy our files down export our files down to an mp3 and send them over to the editor who would take them all and plug them into his audacity and make a show out of it Hmm. old school Mm -hmm. in hindsight what we should have done was we should have hit record at the same time and then just been quiet for like five seconds. And then we would have definitely been all synced up. Yeah. Especially if you do the hand clap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I use audacity now, you know, and because um, I, 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 it's so, I mean, it's, it's at the point where it's just so intuitive. You know, you could just uh, click, 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 cut, click, cut, 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 click, cut, cut, silence, cut, cut. You know, <laughs> you don't even have to look down at the keyboard. You know, you you be eating a sandwich and edit with your right hand or your left hand uh, after a few years with audacity because it's so intuitive. But I mm-hmm. I knew Ratchet Book Club was going to be the one. I just I knew that was going to be the one that you said uh, <laughs> was going to be the main one. It's it's just a love affair. Like if the world ended right now and then it started back up two hundred years down the line, me reading. The way I started my life, sitting down, just me in a book, loving the words, loving where it transported me to, loving the feeling would be the way that I ended. Mm-hmm. And I just, I honestly do Ratchet Book Club because I want people to feel the way I feel about books. People who wouldn't usually read a book, I want them to feel the way I feel about books, even if I'm reading it to them. And then making them laugh about stuff. They're still, after it's all said and done, going to go find that author and find a book because they found something they liked about that book. Somewhere, one of the books that I'm reading, it's going to happen. And that's why I do it. Because happiness should be shared. Mm -hmm. And reading is quite honestly the most peaceful happiness I have alongside my family. So if it all fell apart tomorrow, I'd do a hundred uh, chapter or a hundred episodes of Ratchet Book Club with a smile on my face. Coolness, my brother. All right, fo- tell everybody. Well, actually, I'm going to link up uh, in the notes um, 
your podcast. Yeah, maybe you want to use. I should use Podchaser because it has everything on there. But I'll, mm-hmm. figure, I'll figure it out. But more importantly than anything, because I know that you had to go, and I, I, I'm glad you gave me, gave me some time here because we had to move everything up a little bit. We're getting close to that time you had to had to had to leave. So yeah, what I want to do very quickly is just tell everybody what you want them to know, and we'll high five, and I'll begin. We'll begin to torture each other on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Derek. Um, my name is Peaches. Hey, um, my my name is Derek, and I just love the sound of my voice. I can't even front. I am my own biggest fan. I think that. Um, the stuff that I do is so inventive and just so ahead of its time. Um, and that goes from everything from Ratchet Book Club, which, again, I read hood classics and good classics and find humor in each and every one of them, except for Horson, mm. um, to Sin and Solace, which is a dramatic serial that I wrote, an audio drama that I wrote back in 2011. I've been here since damn near the beginning. If you're into black podcasting, I've been here since some of the luminaries that y'all now follow. If you go back and search through their stuff, I was on their shows back when they were first starting out. Mm -hmm. I just want to make you think whether it's laugh, smile or cry. I have a mental health show called Unburdened. Um, I have a pop culture show called Single Simulcast. Shout out to my homegirl, Shantae. Happy anniversary. Five years ago today. All right. She, I, I asked her to join me on that show. All right. So, so that was dope. Um, and really, when it's all said and done, podcasting to me was a way to pursue a vision before it became a dream. Mm-hmm. And while I was never able to monetize that vision, I was able to allow that vision to carry me through some of my darkest days. All right. You can see all of my shows, all of them, with links to every aspect of them. If you go to Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S-S-Cast. If you go there, um, you will see each and every show that I do um, has its own little segment, little branch, where you can um, look at links to Spotify, Stitcher, Twitter, everything. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to join you. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved every moment of it. I think that having the opportunity to talk with you about podcasting has been an absolute joy. And I look forward to hearing you shine and thrive and, and I want, as I just, the world continues to spin. I just want to say, man. I just want to say, I, it was it was a it was a pretty it was a very fast hour because I enjoyed talking to you, my brother. It was it was fun? It was one of those things. Where it was like hour. Was <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? What the hell? <laughs> we already done here. What? Damn it! I, mean, I, I was joking with you beforehand. I was going to rogue in you for three hours, but that actually could have happened. <laughs> yeah, easily. <laughs> really? I mean, other than fuck Rogan, but it could have happened. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've been vaxxed. So, uh, you know, so I've had my vaccines and I'm fine with it. And I wear masks. Just want to put that mm-hmm. out for everybody, for the audience. My brother, thank you very, very much. I appreciate you coming on, man. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Great show. And, and like I say, everybody, obviously, I want you to go listen to his, his podcast. But I'm telling you now, start with episode one of the Ratchet Book Club. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> All right, my man. You take it, I my wasn't brother. ready for what they said in the very beginning. Of no episode. one is going to be ready for that. 
Nobody. God. In fact, if that if that fictionalized person existed, they would go, I said that. I said that. <laughs> I must have been off that reefer. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Take care, my friend. You too. Thank you. Okay, take care. All right, my friends, thank you for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thank you to all the new listeners and to the listeners who've been here the whole time. Thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate you. Much love to everybody. Now, if you got this far, it means you listen to the whole show. Do me a favor. If you like this show, subscribe to the show. If you like this show, rate and review it. Five stars, please. If you like this show, make sure you tell a friend, okay? Cool. Now, I just want to say before I go, much love to everybody. Thank you for everything. And we'll see you again next time. Take care.